Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast, where we do the most and the least at the same damn time. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, cats, dogs, germs, and gerbils. It's your girl, Heather McMahon. Welcome to another episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. I am so excited to bring an awesome interview to you today. One of my new friends we met on the internet, Pia Berencini. She's a creative director of LPA The Label. She's going to come on here in just a second. We're about to zoom in. You know my theories about Zoom. Pretty sure they started COVID-19. I mean, but let's honestly have that conversation real quick. Top of mind. The only person who's thriving in this Corona's time, and I'm going to guess a guy because I don't think a woman could ever do this, but I'm just going to say, if there's a conspiracy theory we need to be looking into, it's possibly the fact that Zoom technology had something to do with all this. Listen, I know we're living in wild times. I don't know if we're at the peak, the crest, the curve. I don't know where the fuck we are with any of this, but I want you to know that I'm here to have just like a cool, honest conversation with another down-ass chick today. P and I, just to give you a little heads up, we have very similar scenarios. Our dad's recently passed. She's in kind of entertainment fashion. Um, She lives at home with her mother. She's married to an Italian, like a real Italian. I mean, just like Italian, but like American Italian. And P and I have been trying to get together. She also has a podcast here on the Dear Media Network. So I'm excited to get her on. I'll bring her in in just a second. But I wanted to just check in with my baby, see how everyone's doing. You know, Jeff has been wearing the same fucking basketball shorts. I'm pretty sure if he doesn't have a yeast infection, if he didn't have one before, he has one now. Finally looked at him today and I go, one, maroon's not your color. Two, can we put those in the wash, please? Because I can't look at him anymore. That's what I'm doing, living my life, doing laundry around the clock. Had a real aha moment with my little nug, Rigatoni. We had a wild storm that rolled in here on Sunday. And uh, he didn't like it. He was up screaming, crying in the crate. And it was really funny to see Jeff kind of have that oh shit moment because I really, listen, I'm rearing a child. I mean, it is a puppy. I know I'm never gonna, it's never as hard as a human. But one bitch on the internet today did say, she's like, honestly, Heather, I think puppies are harder. She's like, because babies, eh, you put them on a teat, you feed them. You can stay indoors. Puppies, you gotta take them out. If the, You gotta be in the elements. You gotta get in the grass. You might get bit by something at 2 a.m. So I appreciate her honesty there. But the puppy was losing his fucking shit last night. And Jeff had one of those like breaks where he's like, why is this thing crying? I don't understand. And it was such a real, honest, raw man moment where I was like, he can't control the situation. Jeff doesn't understand. And I had to look at him and say, sweetie, I love you so much. 
Our puppy is a baby. He doesn't understand what's going on with the loud thunder and the lightning and the wind. He doesn't understand why the golf course radar is going off. He doesn't understand any of this. We just need to comfort him and then we'll put him back in the crate with the door open. And then when he falls asleep, we'll lock that bad boy up. Okay. And sure enough, that's what happened. But it's been really cute, really eye-opening to see Jeff become a new dad. I'll tell you this what right now. You guys always message me. We can't wait for you to get pregnant. We can't wait for you to have kids. Oh my God, you'd be so much fun. Listen, I'm fucking sleepless in Seattle right now. Your girl's exhausted. She's I'm getting, I'm lucky if I'm getting four hours and then my sleep schedule's all off because then I got to get up at six, I fall back asleep at nine, I wake up at one. I don't know what day of the week it is. Fuck being in a quarantine, quarantine. You know, everybody's like, is it Thursday, Friday, Wednesday? Is it April or December? Try getting a new puppy. You're basically locked up raw all the damn time. That's where I'm at in my life. Wearing a lot of Lycra, got a eczema infection. I think there's too much, too much dry fit on my skin. I don't know about y'all, but when I wear dry fit, I sweat more. It's not even like I'm going to the fucking gym or working out in my basement. I just start sweating. That lycra, that dry fit material starts brewing some heat and the creases on my elbows, near my wrists, anywhere I can get a skin fold. I'm getting a hot patch of eczema. So send me your Rex with that, because Lord knows I need that help. I don't know how y'all have been doing with not tuning into the news. I promise you, if you don't need to tune in, don't. I'm sure they'll sound the Hunger Game alarms as soon as we're allowed out of our fucking homes. But in the meantime, I hope that I've been able to, with the podcast and Instagram and all the fucking ding-dong extra hustling things I'm doing on the side, I hope that y'all have been able to have a little bit of entertainment in your life and not stress out. Because listen, we can only control what we can control. And that's not our weight, even though my doctor says I should be able to get my blood sugar in check. (laughs) Oh, God. Too much, too much. We're living our life. But yeah, being a new parent's wild, transitioning through all of this. And honestly, just having these moments with Jeff where I look at him in these fucking basketball shorts and the hair is so long and the head is still so big. And then he went three days without brushing his teeth. And I love him. He came up to me, he goes, you know, Heather, people back in the old days, it was Easter. He was like, people back in the old days only bathed for religious holidays and like festivals. He's like, so I'm willing to take a shower for Easter. I was like, you motherfucker. Thank you. The Lord has risen and so has Jeff's skin pH because it was getting a little funky there for a second. Anywho, I'm going to get right into the episode because Pia is so amazing. We just did a Zoom and I just want to get a little intro into her. This is just a real conversation today. You know, when I'm having an honest conversation with y'all and we're giggling about shit and I promise I'm going to get to the voicemails, I just feel like it's been so cool to finally get people's time where I can, I can get these interviews in. And I know y'all like hearing me chit chat with people, but Pia is just a bad bitch. Her clothes are hot. Her husband's hotter. She's just a sexy bitch. She's in Los Angeles. So we decided to do a little Zoom interview. Hope the audio comes through great. Uh, I love you guys as always. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's bring in Pia Barrancini. Is that a good introduction? Yeah. (laughs) Everything is good. Well, actually I got annoyed because I'm trying to get pregnant. I got my period yesterday and it was four days late and I fully thought I was pregnant. So now I just have like the biggest period ever, which is annoying. But other than that, everything's honestly been very good. We've been sticking to like a pretty tight schedule around here. Good. So you're keeping some sense of like normalcy. What is your morning routine? Like, what are you getting up and doing? Are you exercising? Are you sweating? You're going to laugh because I just, I like want to be like, oh, just roll out of bed. I don't do that. I have like a little mantra prayer thing 
that I, I like do that. first thing in the morning. I mean, obviously, like I put my phone on airplane mode while I'm sleeping. So I wake up and I turn it on just because I'm paranoid that maybe something bad happened on the internet that I need to see. Otherwise, I wouldn't want to look at my phone, but I just feel like I'm always like, maybe I need to do damage control. So I look right. at that, make sure everything's cool. And then I have a little notepad next to my bed and I have, I've set my alarm for three minutes. And for three minutes, I like say this prayer and like pray and say what I'm thankful for. If I'm being like, extra which this never happens like I'll try to like go outside and meditate but that's like really a stretch like that's never really happening <laughs> you're like, like well I go by a waterfall and once I remove the three crystals from my pussy that's when I know it's time to start mm-hmm. right and then usually like I get up and I make we have an espresso machine in our room because the Italian needs a coffee like the second he wakes up so I make him a little yeah. espresso right away and then It takes me a minute, but I put on workout clothes and I work out. And I've just been doing easy shit that's fucking... I'm never going to join a fucking gym or go to workout class again after this. This is like really what this quarantine has taught me is I've been fucking wasting so much fucking money on goddamn soul cycle classes. Sorry. Yeah. But like... No, it's true. What a joke. So like honestly, sometimes there's like YouTube hit workouts and I'll do just even 20 or 30 minutes. And I feel like I got some extra in me. I'll do like some squats or some leg stuff or like another video on Instagram that's like 10 minute abs or whatever. And then I sit down and I get to work. I'm not like hungry. I'll have like a coffee or a matcha, but I'm not hungry until at least 12. So I don't eat until. So you, are you intermittent fasting or are you just like, okay, I I have a lot of questions about this. Now, first and foremost, my followers, listeners know that Jeff has been sitting in this fucking basement at my mom's house, uh, watching a four day seminar on intermittent fasting to the point where I'm like, you physically (laughs) have to get up off the couch and move your body. Yeah, you should just start intermittent fasting. (laughs) I told him. Jeff's a Virgo though. He likes to do his research. He likes a PowerPoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He likes an mm-hmm. Excel spreadsheet. He has literally like a Moby oh Dick Bible full of notes, which is like with your fasting blood sugar and your resting blood sugar, blah, blah, blah. I said, Jeff, just don't fucking eat till one. Like, I'm pretty sure that's- Yeah, you can go nuts and like measure all your shit and be like, you know, my fucking insulin levels and am I in ketosis or am I not? I ended up going to a doctor a couple months ago who when he took my blood and I got all the results back, my blood test, she took my blood at like 10 in the morning and apparently I was already in ketosis at the time. So he was like, oh, okay, your body knows to go into ketosis. Right. But I still, you know, it's not like I'm like keto all the time. I am mostly, but then like yesterday I had a bag of potato chips and a half a loaf of bread and like got wasted. I'm very like 80%. I'm like tight. I'm good, whatever. And then I also, I'm going to like live my life. There are times where I'll just really like, I'll let myself go and I'll just, I'll feel like shit. And then I'm like, fuck, I got to drag my ass out of this like full ditch that I buried for myself. If you're staying home, but also trying to stay in shape, y'all, I got something for you that's going to blow your mind. And I'm talking about one of the best on-demand workout programs. And listen, you're not forced to break a sweat, but if you're like me and you need it simply for your anxiety and you want to feel like you're coming out of this quarantine, just getting a good sweat in and keeping your mental headspace and also staying physically active for your health, you're going to love Beachbody On Demand. It's an easy to use streaming service that gives you instant access to over 1,300 super effective workouts. Now, here's the deal. I'm not even kidding you. I've been trying the Morning Meltdown 100. It's with this amazing trainer. Her name's Jericho McMatthew. She's like a feisty, fiery, just awesome chick who 
really gets in cardio, weights, all of the things. You need minimal equipment. I am truly obsessed with this workout. I feel stronger. I, I feel more accomplished. I'm also doing it so I have some sort of sense of routine. So when I get up in the morning, I'm like, all right, today I'm going to be motivated. I'm going to get through this anxiety by getting in a sweat. Here's the thing. You can access these workouts anywhere, anytime. View them on your computer, on your TV, tablet, smartphone, all of it. They've got it. And the cool thing is, guess what? Oh, guess what? I want you to try the service so much because right now my listeners can get a special free trial membership when you text the word absolutely to 303030. That's 303030. All you got to do is text absolutely and you will get full access to this entire platform for free. All the workouts, the nutrition information and the support, totally free. Again, that's absolutely to 303030 and check out Beach Body On Demand in your home, in your garage, wherever you're sweating, I'll be there right with you. And hey, let's take a class together so we can feel like we are doing the most, living our best life. Now back to the podcast. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing conversations to come. New episodes of With Wit are available every Tuesday on all platforms. It's interesting. I I don't know how old you are, but I I turned 33 this year and I've realized there's like the mind body connection of me listening to my body. Like I know if I don't get enough sleep or like when I'm on the road, if I don't take X, Y, Z before I go to bed or if I don't take like a fucking vitamin, I'll shut down. Like plain and simple, I will shut the fuck down. No, I'm your age and it just, we've gotten to that point now. Yeah. I mean, I I can't. And now it's interesting that you said, you know, you're trying to get pregnant. I went to the doctor recently because I've had these horrific ovarian cysts and- I had those in eighth grade. Oh, fucking eighth grade hospital. One sent me to the hospital. I had an ovary flip over and then I had a, so I had a torsion. Then I had a rupture. I ended up in the fucking hospital. Wait a minute. In eighth grade, I would have just thought I was dying. In eighth grade, one ruptured and it, all that stuff just stayed inside me and made me feel like shit for like six months. Did you become septic? I was like almost, but I was like nauseous. I had like all these gastro. And I, I had like, I was always at like a gastroenterologist because I was like, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. But they ended up putting me on birth control, which was the only thing that like stops the cysts. But I went to Catholic school. So when the girls found out I was on birth control, it spread like wildfire that I was like a mm-hmm. flat. Yeah, you were super <laughs> slut. But then also like kind of had street cred. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now- Pia, you're from Pasadena. So I feel like uh-huh. Pasadena street cred is like a whole nother world. You know what I mean? I, like, I was vibe. I'm wild for Pasadena. Like I, I when I moved, that. I'm wild. When I moved to New York, I moved in 2005 to go to Parsons and like didn't move into a dorm. I had got an apartment on Lower East Side that I shared with a girl from my friend Amy who like grew up on the West Side in Santa Monica. And they were like very advanced because they were just like way, this is like super suburban. But I had this moment that was really important for me, which was like, okay, I can do, I can be like Miss Pasadena and do that really well. But I always, you know, I always had like cool friends at other places. And I like volunteered at like Homeboy Industries from the time I was in like, I always felt like I could like get along with anybody. When I moved to New York, I ended up moving to the Lower East Side. I mean, 2005, it was like just starting to get gentrified. And 
I was never scared. I walked with my chin up. Anybody talked shit to me, I said something back. I just didn't have this like fear instilled in me. And I made like a lot of different friends. And, you know, I started living my life, getting tattoos, hanging out with, you know, like New York was really cool for me, especially I was talking about it yesterday because one of our friends in that group actually just passed away. We were talking about how that group in New York had like kids who were really poor, kids who were really rich, kids who whose families were like so insane, kids who like didn't really have a family, but it was like all this like equal playing field of like beautiful experience. And like they wrote graffiti and they did art. And I just feel like I'm so lucky that instead of hanging out with the people from LA that moved to New York, I didn't hang out with any of them. I like really met all these new friends. So when I would come back from New York and would, you know, I like would give myself little stick and poke tattoos, which is like still love. The tattoos I'm getting removed are just because they're like, bad, but I'll get more. Like I don't, but like, oh my God. You have like, like my, laugh, love on a calf somewhere. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. But like yeah. my friends, like my best friend's parents are from New Orleans and they were like, what did you do to your butt? Like even today yeah. I took my mom to the doctor in Pasadena and literally did not introduce himself. First of all, he treated my dad until he died and like cried about my dad, but like didn't introduce himself to me. Was just talking to my mom, whatever. And looked and he goes, oh, you have tattoos? And I was like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> that's what you got out of this? It's very it. conservative. And so I was always loud. Like I was ASB student activities director like you were in school. You know, I yeah. just had like a lot of personality that was like very big for this town. But now you're crushing it. I mean, I, and it's funny. No, now I, everyone's I, like, oh my God, I follow you on Instagram. I'm like, you were so fucking cunty to me in high school. Yeah. Uh-huh. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny how the cunts come around? The cunts Ooh. always come around. You know what? We need to put, That's a mug. put that on an LPA sweatshirt. <laughs> and I want, I want, I want one that says the cunts always come around. <laughs> they do. Trust me, I have people coming out of the woodwork. You know, I have sorority sisters who Yeah, that's a whole your southern shit is oh, a whole honey. other level. I have a sorority sister who literally would not give me the time of day because she was from Jackson, Mississippi, which I didn't even when I went to Ole Miss, I didn't even know that Jackson was the capital of Mississippi. I thought it was, I was like Jacksonville, Florida. Like I didn't realize (laughs) that Jackson was in Mississippi, but no, her dad was like the only doctor in town. So it was like a big deal. But it's funny now, like when you do have some sort of, I guess maybe public persona, how people come out and you're like, you were literally a nightmare to me in college and now you're cool, but whatever. You're like, yeah, fuck it. I'm living my best life. I I had an elementary school teacher reach out to me who was so I I didn't find out until later in high school that I had dyslexia and ADD, which like we all have a form of it. So it's not like I don't need like a violin or anything. But I remember being young and being like, this is not clicking for me. Like it was much harder for me to absorb information than it was for my peers. And I had this teacher that would berate me in front of class call me dumb, tell me that I care. Fucking worst. And I was always doing art and he was like, no one cares about your art. Like so crazy. And he like messaged me on Facebook, which I don't have anymore. I was like really proud of you. And I was like, you literally are the reason why I had to like leave that elementary school. Like you're like one of the worst people to ever come into my life. You are not allowed to congratulate me about anything. I had that with Mr. Beasley. And it's interesting. Somebody recently tagged my podcast a guy that I went to high school with, Mr. I talked about Beasley. on my podcast and he he posted it and Mr. Beasley, who's my math teacher, this guy made me cry every day. Math wasn't my thing. I wasn't dyslexic Horrible. with letters. I was dyslexic with numbers. Yeah, the, I can't, so, the numbers do not, it's the same thing. I flip them. 
Yeah. So like geometry, I would just leave every day crying. And I always was one of those kids. And I feel like you said earlier, like when we were talking, you know, not recording and you're like, we just get each other. Like, I feel like we have similar backgrounds. We've had very mm-hmm. similar stories. And that's one of the reasons I want to bring you on the podcast. But it's interesting. Like I've always said, like, stay in your lane. Like I knew what I was good at. I knew I was an artsy kid. I knew I was creative. But that like that math class just fucking destroyed me. And this guy was such a fucking asshole. My parents never had to go to the school and like talk to a teacher because I kind of held my own. But there was that one teacher and he commented, he sent me a message. I was like, suck my dick. I literally think I was like, suck my dick, Mr. Beasley. (laughs) I hated you. Still do. Mr. Beasley is Mr. Beasley. Such a fucking teacher's name. Such a fucking teacher's name. Whether you're working from home, getting fit from home or honey, you're just sitting back and trying to ignore your entire family guess what? You need the best earbuds and I've got them for you. You know, Raycon earbuds started about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market. The everyday E25 earbuds are Raycon's best ones yet. Okay. With six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass and more compact design to give you a nice noise isolating fit. I'm telling you at some point, I just sat on the couch, had my Raycon earbuds in, pretended like I was listening to a podcast. I wasn't. I was just sitting in silence so that my family wouldn't even have to talk to me. That's right. Because why? We're a locked up raw, but baby, you can have some of the best earbuds in the game with Raycon. Their wireless earbuds are comfortable and perfect for conference calls or hey, binging my podcast. And unlike some of the other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems to distract anyone from video calls. I'm telling you, you know, I got rid of my dingle dongles. I'm only with those Raycon earbuds now. Here's the deal. Now you can get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon, that's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash absolutely not. That's buyraycon.com slash absolutely not for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash absolutely not. Now back to the podcast. So now you grew up in Pasadena. Now for my listeners who are tuning in, you know, I've been very open and honest and raw and really just like real about the situation with losing my father. And I know you've talked about it in your podcast and I hope you don't mind just bringing us up. Oh no. When we met, what's going on in our lives is so wildly parallel. It's yeah, fucking totally. creepy in a way. Mm-hmm. You're married to like an authentic Italian. I'm marrying <laughs> a like New York Italian, but he thinks he's like Same fresh thing. off the boat. You live at home at your mom's house, right? Mm-hmm. You moved into your parents' home. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff and I are moving into my mother's home and you got married in the backyard. I too might be having a wedding in the backyard. So just update us, if you will, <laughs> kind of your journey in the last, you know, couple years of losing your dad, moving home with your mom, marrying the Italian, like all of that, if you don't mind catching us up. No, and I'll do it quick because it's like a really fucking insane shitstorm. Davide was living in New York working for a very big Italian suiting company. Moved there to pay his dues to work really hard to eventually like his goal was to move to Umbria, which is like a very small town in the middle of Italy. Not where- to be confused with Umbro shorts. Some people think it's where Umbro shorts <laughs> no. is actually opposite. This is like where St. Francis is from. Right, right, Umbra. right. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> and um, I mean, it's beautiful. And, you know, he's working for this company and we kept kind of like, we would have moments where we would break up because he, it was so cute. He was talking about it with my mom the other day. He's like, you know, mama, I was so work focused and I'm looking and I love this woman, but I'm like, how am I going to bring this woman into this world? Like, because literally Brunello, well, the company, it was a company where for yeah. Brunello Cuccinelli, it was so elegant, so conservative, not so conservative, but like very, you know, like. Very Italian. Yeah. And he's one of the most honorable, legendary, elegant, 
fabulous men like on this planet. He's like a Giorgio Armani. Like it's unbelievable. And what he does for his people and the people who work there and the way he operates, of course, like Dowdy's like dream to work next to him. And I had like just launched LPA and we like got engaged, which was like a weird, I was like, we got to break up. And he was like, you're right. We got to break up. And then three days later, we were like, we have to get married. Like we can't. (laughs) It's not happening. Isn't that how it works? So we did that with no plan. So we got engaged. Like we went to Italy to like have me meet his family and he proposed to me. And then he like went to work and I didn't see him for like two months after we got engaged. And I was like, this is, wait, what the fuck are we going to do? And I was like living in an apartment in Venice. He and my dad were obsessed with each other. And he was like, okay, they're going to, you know, give me this job offer. Like you're going to move to Italy. And for a couple weeks, I was like, okay, okay. Cool. I'm moving to Italy. I'm going to do laundry and hang it yeah. outside. And yeah. and I was like, what would I do there? He's like, you'll you'll have my babies. And I was like, alone? Like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then like all those things started hitting me. Like, I don't speak the language. It's an incredibly conservative community. Like, I'm so loud and put my foot in my mouth all the time. Like I've worked since I turned 12 and could legally work. I've had a job and now I'm going to like right. not work all day long. And what would that mean for like my mental health? And, and then, also trying to get a job in Italy is actually sort of impossible. My well, it's impossible. Thing. She was like, I'm a nurse and she had to get recertified like six times and is now 10 years later able to be a nurse. So it's not easy. Just as hard as it for other people to come into our country and work, it's just as hard for us to go to other countries. They're like, we don't have jobs. No, they don't have <laughs> jobs you. at yeah. all. Yeah, and and yeah. Davide was like, well, you could work at the company. And I was like, well, that also feels kind of like they're doing me some sort of favor. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be hired because I'm good at that job. And meanwhile, like, LPA had just launched as, like, a party brand. Like, Diplo, right. like, showed up at our launch party. And, like, Davide at that point, like, he didn't have Instagram. Like, he, like they weren't even allowed to post on Instagram. And I'm just, like, doing drugs, like, fucking right. <laughs> in the LA Times. You know what I mean? You're, like, making, you're making, like, pleather pants, which I do want a pair of. <laughs> yeah. And you're just, like, fucking thriving. You're like, I'm in a crop top. I'm in some faux leather pants, like, in Venice. It's you know? definitely changed. It's, like, been three years now, and I, like, live in Pasadena again. But still, like... <laughs> I love it. It's your truth. It's your journey. You but, know? Oh, yeah. Trust me, all my like, friends are the cool girls in, like, Venice who are, like, you know, chilling at the canals. And I, I go to Venice, I go, God damn it, who has a job here? I don't understand. <laughs> In Venice. I never did. I don't get the canals. There's a lot of mosquitoes. I don't get it. But I would be in Pasadena right there with you. Yeah. And now I'm back and I love it. You're staying home, staying safe, but also not necessarily staying sober. Then you need DHM Detox. Guess what? There are no days wasted after drinking with my favorite little tool, DHM Detox. I mean, listen, we all got to take care of ourselves. We all got to stay home, stay safe. But I'm definitely having one to seven glasses of wine at night. The good thing is I take DHM Detox when I first enjoy my first glass of wine. And then the next thing you know, I don't have to worry about waking up with a brain fog, feeling awful, exhausted because I've got the necessary nutrition backing me up. DHM Detox is a vitamin for people who enjoy alcohol anywhere from a little bit to a lot. Enjoy your drinks without the next day nausea and brain fog. That's really what gets me. And hell, y'all already know we're anxious, so I don't need any more hangover anxiety. What it does is it uses an optimized blend of ingredients, antioxidants, and vitamins to basically boost your body's natural response to alcohol. All you do is take two capsules after your first couple drinks and it goes to work. If you're having a wild night, you're at home, you're having a solo party, you got the disco ball on, listen, double up and take another packet if you're having a big night in because we're not going out right now, we're staying safe. The convenient packs are easy to take when we are let out of quarantine, you can throw them in your purse and head out the door. Here's the deal. 
as long as you want to make sure that your next day isn't wasted, DHM Detox is a risk-free purchase. So if you're unsatisfied after taking the product, hey, they'll give you your money back. This is a no-brainer, Claire. I've got you 20% off your order. Just head over to dhmdetox.com and use promo code absolutely at checkout. That's dhmdetox.com. If you have any questions, send them a message on Instagram at dhmdetox and they will let you know the good good. Now back to the podcast. But coming back here was a total fucking accident. So we had always talked about, before my dad died, he like drew a little, like he was like, I want you and Davide to like live in the house and like we'll build a guest house for mom and I. There's room, like literally right there. This is the house I'm sitting in the room. And whatever, long story short, like I get this weird feeling that we can't move to Italy. I was like, Davide, I can't do it. Like I, I can't do it. Right. You know, whatever long story and like also not really my story to tell, but like he ended up like not being able to work for them here and like kind of had to like leave. And he didn't think that was going to happen. And it happened and like kind of by accident. And that day he rented a Suburban and packed up all of his stuff and drove from Brooklyn to Venice and made it here in fucking two days. He only stopped twice to sleep for six hours in the car. Holy shit. It was so dramatic. The real question is... What kind of magical pussy do you have? Let's be honest. For an Italian, I mean, Thank Italians you. are passionate. But I could just, I don't know what kind of car he was in, but I could just imagine him in like, like a Toyota camera being like, I must get to the magical pussy. Like, oh my God. Like what? Thank you so much for it's like, cause yeah. everyone's like, wow, he's so great. I'm like, uh, <laughs> maybe there's something great about me, but no, he is, it, he's that He's that wonderful. And then, but the crazy thing is he was like on the phone with my dad because when my dad stopped playing for the Minnesota Vikings, suddenly he had to drive cross country with his staff. And he like remembers that drive because he never thought he'd have to stop playing football. And so that drive home to him, like he remembers like every step. So he was on the phone with my husband the whole time. Like, oh my God, like now you're going to go in and take this freeway. And like, God, I called him when he came into California. And he's like, welcome home, my son. Like you're home. Like so... It's like a joke. It's so crazy. And then literally we got here. He comes home just in time for Sunday dinner. I have like food waiting. We like go to my parents' house the next day. We come for Sunday dinner here with the wedding planner to do a walk through the house to be like, okay, we're going to get married here. Like, you know, house hasn't been redecorated since the fucking 80s. It's like, honestly, it turned into a little bit of a shit show. My dad was sick for a long time. Clearly nobody was like, okay, is the paint. Chipping. Worrying about the interiors. Right. So I come through with my girlfriend who like for free was like going to help us. We were going to do it ourselves. And we had a great dinner. I sat with him and fed him dinner. My girlfriend called who lives around the corner and was like, oh my God, Erica's here. Like, come have a nightcap. So I was like, okay, cool. So we like drove literally like two turns poured wine. We're like sitting around the fire at their house. These are my friends I grew up with. I'm like, oh my God. And my mom calls my phone and I'm looking at the phone and I see her calling and I was like, that's weird. And I was like, Davide, you answer it. I just knew something had happened and he answered it and he's like, okay, we're coming. And he's like, something's wrong with your dad. Like she called 911. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, he fell or like, cause he, that had happened before he would fall or he, you know, I was having trouble breathing and he would go and spend a couple of days there. So in my head, I was like, oh God, that's going to be annoying. He's going to have to be in the hospital for a couple of days. And when I got home, not to be super dramatic, he was literally laying where I'm sitting, like yeah. on the floor. And my mom was like, I tried, I tried. And he just died yeah. instantly. 
He said, I don't feel good. Best we way to die to, ever. Best way to by die. The way. We did have a conversation and, and we FaceTimed the other night just talking as friends and kind of telling each other each other's story. And it's interesting, you know, he could have only gone that way. And I think about oh like, and I mean, he was sick for quite some time and my dad was sick very suddenly and died within a week. And so I find it when I hear other people's stories, like that you guys had to deal with that for a long time. I'm just like, fuck, I think I'm a strong person. No, could you imagine? I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. And my mom, my mom and I would leave the hospital all the time and, and just be like, okay, this is going to be it yeah. for years. Yeah. Fuck, we had that in a week where they, we'd rush to the hospital. We were always at the hospital literally for a week, but they're like, okay, come back from the vending machine. I know you wanted a Diet Coke, but this is it. This is the moment. We said goodbye a hundred times. And then my dad, a minute later, be like, God damn it, somebody put on the football game. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? You know? I know. So I could only what? imagine uh. that kind of emotional roller coaster that I dealt with for one fucking week. I could not fathom what that would be like for years. And so your dad died in the house that you're living in in Pasadena, it was a week before your wedding. It was a couple months. A couple before. months. Okay. So he wrote a speech for the wedding, which I didn't know that he had done. And then my mom fucking recited it. Oh my God. I love that. That was insane. I know. I actually still haven't seen my wedding video because my friend was like, I'll do it for free. So I was like, I'm not going to. I was like, cool. So then you, do, you feel like you can't badger them to be like, can I get my footage? I can't ask right. <laughs> right, right, right. And I'm probably like, what's your van, mom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like okay, I'll, I, I, I got a podcast now. Because so it I is like, like eight hours. Of, yeah. <laughs> well, what if it's going to be like, you know, the scene from Love Actually where your friend was just videotaping you because they're like madly in love with you, guy or girl. And then that, that's the situation. Like best case scenario, you find out that your friend's been madly in love with you forever. And you're like, oh, fuck, I'm never going to get this footage. But I got a new crush. Like, but it was interesting. So I, I, when we first, somebody else had, you know, connected us through Instagram. And, you know, we live in this world world where, you know, adult women, we all just become friends on the internet, which I'm so here for. But your story was so interesting. So you're marrying this Italian guy and you've lost your dad and you're living at home with your mom and you're in a very creative field and you're kind of a boss bitch, like running your own clothing line and, and doing the damn thing. And it was just so interesting. I was like, my God, we literally are having the same days. Because at the time I found you about a year and a half ago, I was living at home with my mom before I moved back to New York. I'm engaged to the Italian stallion. Like my dad had just died. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? This this is so crazy. Turns mm-hmm. out we have a ton of mutual friends from LA and, and I just loved your story, but I just think it's cool to have these open, honest conversations. Cause I'll tell you, my followers will reach out and say so many women are in our situation where they lost a parent, lost a loved one. And it's interesting dealing with it as an adult and kind of navigating these things where it's like, I run my own business. I somehow have to take mm-hmm. care of my living parent and make sure that they're okay. I also want to feel like, a- <gasps> Oh my God, Jeff. Oh, Jeff. Oh, Jeff, come say hi real quick. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> He's wearing his basket. I'm surprised you guys didn't get a bulldog. Well, we tried to get a bulldog. Okay. My listeners know we've been trying to rescue through, and we talked about By the way, my cousin, yeah. out of nowhere, mm-hmm. on Saturday goes, so you're friends with Heather, right? <laughs> I go, oh. Like, by the way, all the women in Pasadena, yeah. the, our friends from New Orleans, first of all, Cindy, her best friend, Meatball. Yeah who lives in Alabama are so fucking obsessed with you. And when I, we talked the other night and then I screenshot that we talked like all the most amazing women in my life were like, what the fuck? <laughs> wait, like wait. blood coming out of their eyeballs that we were friends. Your friend's name is Meatball? Well, 
She lives in, I don't know, she got that nickname at some point in time. I don't even know what her real name is, but her name's Meatball. I'm fucking into She's that. Jeff fuck. wanted to name our dog Meatball. And I said, Adam Sandler already has a Frenchie named Meatball. He has a Meatball and a Meatball. Yeah, yeah. I was like, and also, I don't want to be yelling balls out in the, the dog park. <laughs> let's go with rigatoni. Like, I was like, we can still do an Italian pasta, but let's just stick with, that's so funny. God, and also- But my cousin was like, so you're friends with Heather? And I was like, can she goes, People are really giving her a lot of shit for getting that puppy. Like, why can't they just leave her the fuck alone? Oh, it's so funny. Well, it's only new followers. OGs are like, this bitch has been trying to adopt a goddamn dog for the last six and a half for years. years. Yeah. That's also what I don't like about new followers. Like, don't roll up on my page and tell me how to live my life. Just scroll back a little bit. Do also, a little bit of research about me. If I want to get a dog, uh, like, anywhere, uh, business. It's like, what would happen if I would like to adopt a child one day? I have three eggs left. I don't know if I can have my own. I would adopt. I guarantee if I adopt a kid who's not perfectly Caucasian, somebody's going to have something to say about it. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. people have something Mm -hmm. to say about Mm -hmm. everything. I've been down this road. We've tried to get a dog with spina bifida, a dog with paralysis, (laughs) a blind dog, a dog with no legs, one leg, three legs, two, 10 teeth, no teeth. And we kept getting denied because we lived in an apartment in New York. So, so fucking I'm like, fuck it. So when I saw that Ashley's, um, where she got Bronnie had one, I was like, fuck it. Let's pull the trigger. Like, I don't give a shit. Love is love. Are you so happy? Are you so happy? With- First of all, that dog needs to go somewhere, by the yeah. way. It's like, at least it's going to a loving home and not. Here's also the thing, like French bulldogs and bulldogs, like you can't like support these like shitty breeders. But at the same time, like if there are puppies and they're available, the worst is that those dogs go to people who have zero fucking chance of like treating those dogs well right. because you know you got to clean their eyes and they fucking smell and, and like, as fuck. Like not everybody. Can- Chiro's like nightly routine. <laughs> is more complex than mine. You got to wipe the paws. You got to do the, the allergy wipes. You you know, they have to have the- He needs, his nose gets dry. Yeah. He gets acne. He gets fish butt where his anal glands will leak and Davide has to squeeze them. That's horrific. Mm-hmm. I'm not there yet. I've always hired a professional, but I have had Bronson's anal glands have leaked on me. And I, it's not even like a, a bathroom smell. And I'm not trying There's to- There's no really smell gross, worse truly, than that smell. It's a feral fight or flight smell. Like if you were an animal and you were being attacked, you would give off the stench to to get your attacker away from you. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's only three people. And then it's so funny because my followers like would go in on these people being like, fuck you. You have no idea. She's been denied 10 times from road dogs for a fucking dog. You know, like everybody can suck a dick. Everybody can suck a dick. But you know, okay, we, this is very fitting because we were kind of talking, you know, on your podcast and you're like, what do you do about people who throw hate or shade? People do not know what they don't know about your life. Mm. And I find it really crazy. Like, unless somebody says something where they're, you know, plenty of celebrities say crazy shit, but it is so funny to me. I have never once in my entire life cared enough about what somebody's doing on the internet to send them a message that of disdain. That is always my response. <laughs> No one bothers me that much ever to fucking be right. like, type, 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 type. Never. <laughs> Never. I've had falling outs yeah. with friends that I've been so close with that have way fucking less communication than anything that these people have written to me. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's 100%. You just have to let it go in one ear and out the other. I mean, I it's pick interesting. And I had, oh, I do too. Some people are going to get it from like, me. Yeah, I got to call it cunt to cunt and, and plain and simple. And I, on my podcast, I, I've referenced this before. It's P to P. So it's peer to peer. There are days where I want to just turn to a bitch and go, hey, Carol, 
I don't know what's going on in your life, but I think it's not about me. And I think it might be about you. Let's talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, let's just open that can of worms. Because the fact that you've taken enough of your day to ruin my day, to write something mean and tell me, you know, I've got a thick neck and I'm cross-eyed. I'm like, thank you so much for that observation. (laughs) Who touched you? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I want to say. Like, who diddled you when you were younger? I don't know, but let's talk about it. I'm here for you. Some girl made some fucking insane comment on my wedding photo the other day. And I was like... A wedding yeah, photo? I took a screenshot of it because I was so proud of my response. And she doesn't follow me. And she like wrote this shitty comment that I like didn't have like a nipple cover on. Also, this wasn't even my big wedding. This was like my little shotgun backyard thing after my dad died. Like, no bitch. I did not have time mourning the death of my fucking father to go buy nipple covers. I don't, zero. And also, guess what? I don't give a shit enough to fucking Photoshop them out in the photo because I have beautiful big fake boobs and I like them and it's fine. Yeah. Nobody cares. I got good nice. Good for you. If you got a good areola. I do. And one day it's going to be gross because I'm going to have kids and these things are going to fucking get real fucking gross looking because I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. What did she say? She just said, I wrote so back and, was, and by the way, also nipples. her, this is how basic her fucking Instagram was. It was private and she just looked like she lived in what fucking Long Island. <laughs> like she was perfect. Like she was yeah. born to a father. This is what I got from a private Instagram with a one bio. Her bio said daughter of a king. And then there was a Bible quote. So mm. she was like a full daddy's girl and her icon photo was her holding a bouquet as a bridesmaid at a wedding. Oh, like, okay. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. had dark hair and yeah. intense highlights. And I was just <laughs> like... Are you talking about my cousin? <laughs> Fuck. I told her to quit trolling. And I so just let her have it. She was I like let her bride. have it. And I was like, yeah. these are the fucking, my wedding photos. Like my dad's body wasn't even cold yet. Like this was like, and it says that in the caption, what a fucking traumatic thing that we had to turn like sadness into joy with this like quick wedding because somebody's visa was going to run out so we wouldn't get fucking kicked out of the country. Like, no, I didn't have time to get nipple coverage. Also, we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. How dare you? I go, and your bio says you're the daughter of a king. You're a daddy's girl like I am. Imagine the pain. Imagine your dad dropping dead in front of you. Are you thinking about getting nipple covers? Fuck you. I think the king she was referring to was No, Christ it was, king. it was. Um, that's what I thought too, but it was about her dad. Cause I was like, and then okay. it was like a whole, it was like something else and then a separate thing. And I was like, is this Jesus or her dad? But it, it I think she's I mean, like, people just can get crazy on the internet. I refer to Jeff as my husband sometimes because I say we're domestic partners. Again, only OG people know this because they're like, oh yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're supposed to get married in Italy this year. We've been on a wild roller coaster. Some woman sent me a message. She goes, I think this woman had no idea who I was. She goes, I'm a new follower and I just think it's disgusting that you've hidden your wedding photos from us. What are you ashamed? <laughs> or, are you, she like, or are you too bougie to show anybody the real <gasps> wedding that you had? I was like, excuse me? No, she yeah, didn't. I said, Ma'am, you must be like, just follow me five minutes ago. This isn't legally my husband yet. We've tried to get married three times and like everything shitty has happened. I was just like, what? I, to me, I was flattered by it because I was like, this woman is so invested in my life that she thinks I'm hiding mm-hmm. my wedding photos. She's like, I got to uncover this. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> who the fuck has time to do this shit? It's fucking nuts. The only like K-holes I go in on the internet would I, oh, I'm embarrassed. It's okay. Farrah Abram. Oh, from Teen Mom. Oh, yes, because she owns like it. And her daughter's Instagram. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm right there with you. She so, j- And I don't say a thing, nor will I ever. No. 
But that's also such an extreme, like I'm not looking at normal people being like, right. Like, and I think what she's doing is insane, but I'm not saying anything about it and I'm never going no, to. No, I'm going to But sometimes I just like far. to look at her Instagram. Of course. You need, some days you need to get up and go, you know what? I'm not fair. <laughs> like literally like. You know who gets really mad is my husband will be like, are you seriously looking at that girl's Instagram? Like he doesn't know who she is, but he'll be like, what are you doing? <laughs> Jeff is the same way. Plenty of my followers know about this. I guess there's some like, you know, there's celebrity blogs or whatever. Well, there's one for, I guess, like Instagram people. And these people were writing all this mean stuff. It was, it's literally the same three women who were writing some maybe not nicest stuff, wasn't really awful stuff about me on the internet. And I was reading it and laughing so hard. Aww. And Jeff was like, why are you reading this? He goes, these people are fucking miserable cunt lords. He's like, why are you reading it? But I was like, Jeff, this, I'm a comedian. This shit like fuels me up. Like so this funny. is fucking hysterical. Yeah. And then I was like, and mm-hmm. they did say something about you on here. And Jeff was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? That's the thing with our fucking men yeah. who are like, don't care about it. Wait till it's about yeah. you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. If somebody said anything about the Italian, he would lose it. Well, he was secretly famous in Italy for a long time. Like, we don't talk about it, but he was on a reality television wait, show wait, 10 years ago. What? <laughs> <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> he was on a reality it's show. It's my dark, it's my dark secret. What, what was it called? Like, what? I forget about it. What was the show? Grande Fratello, Big Brother. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. Season 10. It's all starting to make Milan. sense. Uh-huh. So when you Google him, it's insane. Because it's like him in that house. That's how he like got out of, he grew up like super humble, like with like no hot water in like a little village in Sicily. And that's like how he got out is like, he got like street cast as like the hot poor guy for the show. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'm hot, I have no money, but it put me on a big brother. He like slept with everyone on the show and then like fell in love with one of them and like left with a girlfriend and they were like really famous. And he like got out of the show and he was like, he's gonna kill me. But whatever, it's like fucking public. So whatever, fuck you. No, I love this. Everybody has to come from somewhere, honestly. He was on the cover of every, like he was in there for six months. He almost made it till the end. And then he like, they take you out of there and put you like in a hotel room with like eight therapists because you haven't been in the world and you have to get like reacclimated. And then not only that, like he was on the cover of like every tabloid, like he'd been like very famous. So now this is my dream. In, so now when we're in Italy, like once a day, someone goes, oh, grande fratello. He goes, <laughs> Wait, this is actually my dream. I thought about it when my career wasn't going anywhere. It was kind of stalling. I was like, I'm just going to go to like Switzerland or something and do what Shania Twain did. Get out, you know, live in Switzerland and just like yeah. make a name for myself. I really thought about that for a while. And then I found I have like a lot of fans in Australia. I was like, oh yeah, this could be my thing. Maybe I go Dan and then just like become famous as fuck. But like That's truly. such a hard accent to do. Good no, for it's, you. it's easy and I'll tell you how to do it. You make everything a question. So you make a statement at the end of every sentence, you just make it a question. So if I'm like, I'm drinking Prosecco, you just make it like you don't know what you're doing. It's just question everything and you're Australian. Yeah. But wait, that's, I'm so obsessed that he was on Big Brother Italy. Then it was his way to like move to Milan. And then he did like famous guy stuff for a second. He used to get in trouble when he was like in elementary school for wearing suits to school. Like the teacher would call his mom and be like, he can't wear... A suit, a suit school, like it's third grade. He's making everyone uncomfortable. And Davide's <laughs> mom would be like, don't you fucking tell me anything about my son. Like, this is what makes him feel good. He always loved fashion, like so much. He's a psychopath. So that it was that. like his way to get to Milan. And then he started working for like suit supply. Like he's like the hardest worker I've ever met. And like so elegant and like very private. And so to know that he was on that show 
is like, well, imagine like we met like on Instagram, like he DM'd me. He had like no followers. He had this like little account and I Google him and I was like, what? Like, oh my God. So y'all met on Instagram. He slid Mm -hmm. the DMs. You are interesting. Oh, and when it's said in an Italian accent, he literally could have been like, I stepped in the shit. And you're like, I'll fuck you. I will fuck you right now. Listen, I studied it's abroad wild in Italy. growing up like an American Italian girl and actually marrying an Italian guy because everything that I thought made me like Italian is has bullshit. nothing to do with Italy. Yeah. yeah. I studied abroad there and that's when I was like, I need to be a part of this. You know, you have sex with one real Italian, you know, and you're like, okay, I'm in, I'm in it to win it. And then I found my American <laughs> Italian because I need men simply a little bit beefier. You know, it's just yeah, who I am. I need a beefy. So I found my beefy American Italian who's like very New York Italian. But I'm like, listen, if you want to make fucking meatballs and wear no pants for the rest of your life, like I'll suck your dick till we die. I will. That's just I what never turns talk me about on. this, but my ex-boyfriend was a big boy from Staten Island. The best. I get it. Yeah, you get it. You know, you went through all this. You lost your dad. You moved back home. You had to make adjustments to your wedding. Fully live in this house with my mom. It's just fucking crazy. But it's actually been. We had like a very like emotional drunk brunch yesterday, where you know, obviously, so many people are now quarantining with family members that they haven't spent this much time with. Right. And we keep like every day, people are asking us or tell or calling to bitch at us about you know, I'm stuck with my mom or my in-laws or this or that. And I'm like, we're so chill. Like it took two years to get us to this point. And I like said this in my dad's funeral when I gave my speech to him, which is like, I'm a firm believer that if there are family members that don't serve you, you don't have to fucking have a relationship with them. Right. But like my dad was like my whole everything, like we were obsessed with each other. Right. But he was also really tough. And so my relationship with him meant that I had to actively practice being a daughter. And I like sacrificed a lot. I like left Venice like every fucking Sunday to drive home for dinner. Do you know what it's like to leave a party in Venice on a Sunday when you're single? Like, <laughs> you're like at a rooftop barbecue right. and like every guy who like potentially has like a cool fucking tech startup who's about to be a fucking billionaire is there. And you're like, I got to go to my parents' house for dinner. Right. Like, I was always at the hospital, like always slept here all the time. So we have been like actively practicing for two years how to fucking get along and like make this work. Because imagine like my mom's lived here for 40 years and we right. moved in and I was like, yeah, the fucking dining room is definitely not fucking burgundy anymore. And like everything plaid needs to go. And like everything you do is insane because you're like a weird hoarder. And like, <laughs> right, she's, right. And she's like, are you fucking serious? Like this is, I ran this home with five kids in it for 40 years. Like you, who the yeah. fuck are you? Right. You know, and it's literally We're having been those conversations for now. two years. We're having those now. I said, mom, if you really want us to move back. Yeah. I, and I'm like, you know, and my mom, I'm lucky in the sense she's an artist. So she's always and like did interior design. So we're, we're moving in with good furniture. We're starting yeah, at yeah. a good space. But there has been a moment where Jeff and I are like, okay, well, if we're going to take over the house and then now we're trying to figure out, like, I was like, we are moving into the master bedroom, you know, like those kind of conversations were like, it took us gonna- a year to get to there. Yeah. We moved, we were in my old bedroom. And then a year later, yeah. there was one day where we were like having sex and got interrupted by like three different scenarios happening. Like my right. brother pulled up the driveway and like, that's the, like my window was there and I like opened the door and walked out and I was like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stomach needs to change. <laughs> like, yeah. We're newlyweds. And my mom was like, it's time. Because the whole upstairs of this house is the master. So we just switched. 
okay. And that's what my sister said. She's like, you can move home, but do you really want to be newlyweds with mom? And I was like, well, I mean, what's the other choice? You know what I mean? I do. It's I want to stay in New York. Great. Yeah. We're going to move like, your mom into a little place. Like who? Yeah. Also like we as Americans, a lot of Americans, like people get old and we think of them as a fucking nuisance and they get moved into little apartments alone or condos and they just get bad habits and they fucking slowly die or they get right. like fucking Medicare to pay for a nurse for them or they move into a home. I'm not doing that with my mother. I feel the like, same way. I'm like, Robin when, will be the crib keeper. She'll be 102 and she'll be going on tour with me and I'll have her nurse who's like some like sassy Jamaican lady screaming at me. Like that's what I plan. Like I want to be on a private and every jet. meal you have now, yeah. you're like, when your mother passes, you will have no regrets. Right. Yeah. Because you, like I'll laugh with my mom. We went to the doctor today. We were dying laughing in the fucking waiting room. Dying laughing. I just looked at her and I was like, as much as you drive me crazy and we're so different, I will always be so thankful that we had all this time together. I agree. I mean, that, and I'm, I felt that way after I moved in, after my dad passed. I was like, the amount of time, and we were both grieving like separately together. I mean, it was a whole emotional yeah. roller coaster. But I said, living back home with my mom for those years when I had to deal with my own shit and like being back in this space and feeling like I was now the dad figure in the sense that I was like the protector of the family. It was just this weird like role reversal that I helped me get through it. And now Jeff and I are like, yeah, we want to move back to Atlanta and we're in the house for a little while. And then we so out the next happy. I didn't know that you guys were talking about like actually moving, moving back. It's, yeah, I think so. Life is about to get so nice. I know. I think so. Well, I mean, we, you know, we got to figure out our lease is up in June and I don't think we'll be going back physically to New York during the quarantine until June. So we're trying to figure that out now. And Jeff's like, fuck it. He's like, let's get a moving truck and let's just get out of our lease and come here. He's like, you're yeah. on the road half the year anyways, or you're in LA say, you're something. gone so much anyway. Yeah. And so we're just kind of figuring out our new normal, but it is interesting being in this quarantine and having these moments where you're like, yeah, it's wild to me when I, when I talk to my other friends who aren't close to their parents, I'm like, what do you mean? You don't just want to hang out and get wasted with your mom on a Tuesday. That's not a thing. Cause that's what I do. <laughs> like I thrive in that. Wait, so we took my, I took my mom, she had a doctor's appointment today and I was like, should we cancel this? And she was like, well, they like said it's really safe. And like, it took her like three months to get in with her fucking doctor. And I was like, let's just go and I'll go with you. And yeah. We'll mask up and do the whole thing. Yeah. So the like little nurse comes and she's like, took her, you know, weighed her 118. Oh, okay, cool. What a bitch. Her. Yeah. Don't know what, don't, don't know what that you. is. <laughs> Sixth grade was yeah. the last time I saw that. Nice. Okay. All the other stuff, blood pressure, da, da, da. She only asked her like a few questions. Are you on any medications? But I was like, nope. She's like, really? She's like, yeah, we're not really like a prescription heavy household. Okay, cool. Great. Do you drink? My mom just looks at me. I, because my mom doesn't know how to just be confident with who she is. Right. It's like, wow, how am I going to get judged the least? And I looked up, I go, we drink every day at five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, what do you drink? I go, well, everything, depending upon the day or the occasion. Sometimes we have whiskey and mostly vodka. I drink a lot of tequila. And then after that, we open up some wine. If we're having fish, white wine, otherwise right. red. Right. Like, what? And the woman, she goes, well, how many? And my mom was like, of each thing? And she's like, <laughs> two tequilas, then a vodka. I, <laughs> I was like, Thank God you didn't ask me. Right. Now my mom's looking at me panicking. I was like, she has about two drinks tonight. I don't know what kind of alcohol, all kinds of alcohol. And just the woman goes, okay, I'm just going to write vodka. Okay. <laughs> my mom was vodka? <laughs> Walked out of the room. And my mom's like, vodka. And I was like, why did she just do that? It was so weird. My mom was like, I know. It's like, she's a rookie or something. Like, what a weird, she asked me like four questions and one of them was like so heavily based around alcohol. I'm just going to write vodka. Then we're dying laughing about it. And then she knocks and opens and goes, so about the vodka, is it two cups a day? And my mom goes, cups? <laughs> like, 
well, the measurement of cups are like cupping drinks. Right. And she goes, oh, uh, well, I guess like shots. Like how many shots of vodka? <laughs> She's like, I'm, I don't have a, like a shot ski and I'm just like wolfing them back. She's like, I mean a glass, like a, a dirty martini's worth. I was like, just write down two shots. Yeah. And then she walked up. My mom's looking at me and I was like, by the way, bitch, like it's way more than that. Also, <laughs> but, was this but, like a creepy podiatrist? You're like, you're just getting a bunion looked at, but they were like, we need to know how much you're boozing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that kind of shit. Yeah, this assholes. I mean, every time- Optometrist. I've been doing a doctor before. I got on the scale and literally he goes, oh, okay, wow. And I said, what's that about? He goes- Wow, you cure your weight really well. I wasn't expecting that number. No. Yeah. And I was like, Gucci gang. Like, I didn't know what to say. I was like, thank you. Gucci. Thank you so much. He's like, yeah, you're dense. You are very dense. I was like, that I am. I love that you just said Gucci gang. Yeah, Gucci gang, always. Because I go to the, (laughs) when I go to Italy, I go to the Gucci outlets, me and like all of the Koreans. It's just us. And we like duke it out and we wait in line for an hour and I get like six Gucci bags. I will never pay full price for anything designer ever in my life. Never. Davide like sums up us being American by being like, he'll say Gucci gang. Yeah. Like he'll be like Gucci gang. Gucci gang. And then yeah. he'll, go, he'll go Gucci gang. Skirt, skirt. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Skeet, skeet. Um, well, that's our culture to him. I, and you know what? As an American, I hope that that's what we represent to the rest of the world. <laughs> Just Gucci gang. Skirt, skirt. That's amazing. Listen, y'all have to come to Atlanta. We would love to host you when we get out of this quarantine. What? Hundred. I will call you off the record and get some wedding advice because I don't know if my wedding in Italy is happening still. It may be a backyard wedding and and I would definitely want your advice on that. Where can everybody find you? Pia, I think you're a genius and, and also you give the best cooking. Oh my God, no, you. I, you do. You are. And you give the best cooking tips online and your clothes are beautiful. Everybody can find you. You sell LPA on just LPA.com. LPA, the label.com. Yes, sexual. Okay. And you can find me um, at Pia Barantini on Instagram. Beautiful. And check out our podcast. Everything is the best. We just did an episode together. And honestly, I just find you every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. I live for it. I'm on Wednesday too. And we're both at Dear Media. Shout out to them. Is Michelle your producer? I don't have one yet. So right now it's Michelle. Okay, great. Yeah. Michelle's the best. She gets frantic te- texts from me at like 2 a.m. I'm like, I lost all my files. She's like, God damn it. <laughs> You're a liability to the network. <laughs> Pia, I think you're fantastic. And I I just want everybody to encourage, follow her for great tips and her sexy Italian husband and the dog and check out her clothes. LPA, you got some sexy stuff. I'm about to put in a big order. So I hope you guys I are ready. I have to say something. Yeah. Doing my podcast before yours is so interesting and just made me have this like aha moment because I get so scared when I podcast now because I've been so heavily criticized on the internet. So I get very like, I don't want to, because everyone's like, you talk too much in your podcast. So I just get so, and every time I try to share a story, I like stop myself because I don't. And so you just, this interview has been so great. And it just made me realize that I really just need to be more open with my podcast. Girl, live your truth. All these fucking podcasts are a conversation. The fact that people try and make this more complicated than it is. Sometimes I bring on comedians. Sometimes I bring on family members, best friends. It's like, we're all just here trying to connect, have a conversation and do some fucking giggling and have a cocktail in the meantime. <laughs> you know? It's true. I found this so refreshing. Everybody follow Pia at Pia Barancini and check out her clothes at the LPA. <laughs> the label and everything is the best is your podcast on dear media thank you for joining us and hey i will see you you on the flip side girlfriend yes you will ciao it's amore ciao (laughs) 
hope you enjoyed that episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. Thanks to our guest, Pia Barrancini. As always, you can find me on Apple, iTunes, Spotify. I don't fucking know. Call your Aunt Linda. As always, click, subscribe, like, share it with your friends, your coworkers. And the best piece of advice I can give you is don't take your pants off during a Zoom. In the meantime, hope you poured a glass of Chardonnay and not fighting with your family too much. Because guess what? After this, they're all we got. I can hear Bronson barking in the background, so let me go attend to him. In the meantime, I'll see you next week here on Dear Media and the Absolutely Not Podcast. Love you, my babies. Ciao, bella.